Hello, we're the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and each week I'll be joined by one of my fellow pros to pick apart various PR and marketing topics, demystify the jargon, and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. Occasionally, we'll be bringing on some special guests for bonus episodes. You can find all the latest episodes and keep in touch with us at adpr.co.uk or find us on all the socials. You can find the handles in our bio. So grab your cuppa and join us and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. Welcome back to the Revitalize and Grow podcast. I'm Jenny and I am joined by my colleague Kate today. Hi, Kate. Hello, Jenny. Hi. Um, And today we are talking about the role of emotional intelligence. So both generally within the workplace, but um, also sort of tying into how it works within marketing too. So diving straight in. Kate, shall we? I think most people probably know what emotional intelligence hmm. is, but why don't we start with a bit of a definition just in case? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think most people will certainly have heard the term and I think it gets thrown around a lot, but I wonder if you were to ask people what the definition is, whether many people would actually know the answer. So yeah, absolutely. I think emotional intelligence is a term that's been knocking around since the 1990s, which to me, being very old, doesn't actually seem like that long ago. I know. That was only 10 years ago, wasn't it? Uh, (laughs) Yes, only 10 years ago. Um, And it was kind of, it was made famous around 1995 by a psychologist and journalist, Daniel Goleman. And the definition of it is the ability to understand and manage your emotions as well as recognize and influence the emotions of those around you. So an emotional intelligence, you'll often hear it referred to as EQ, so similar to IQ, um, you know, but it's very much focusing on softer skills. So emotional, emotional intelligence, you know, really being able to understand and read emotions of yourself and others. Very nice. A very nice definition. Um, And so what role does emotional intelligence have in the workplace? Yeah, emotional intelligence now has a very prominent place in the workplace. But again, that's actually a relatively new thing in the history of work, particularly in office environments. You know, if you go back to the 80s and actually for some people through the 90s and early noughties you know emotional intelligence really wasn't a thing you were expected very much you were treated as a commodity you know you were expected to come to work and you would whilst at work almost behave like a robot you know you Mm -hmm. weren't to bring any emotions to work you weren't allowed to share any vulnerabilities you just came and you mm. did your work and you left everything else at home it was transactional wasn't it you come Absolutely. in you are told what to do this is your job this is what you do get on with it I don't I don't want to hear any moaning yeah just, <laughs> just Absolutely. get on which, with it which possibly would feel very alien to a lot of people now who have grown up in a in a in a different generation Mm. I suppose but I imagine that there's probably still a lot of people maybe listening to this who go actually it still feels a bit like that you know I think change takes a long time to to take effect but actually when you when you look at the stats and the reasons why it's really important you know they're very compelling um workers who have managers for example with a high EQ so with high emotional intelligence 
they are four times less likely to quit than those with managers who have low emotional mm-hmm. intelligence. It builds trust. Um, leaders with empathy, for example, perform over 40% higher with employee engagement, decision-making, and mm-hmm. coaching. All of that stuff now is really, really critical to the workplace. Um, yeah. Really important because it's the difference between whether people feel that they can bring their whole selves to work whether they feel that they can trust people whether they feel supported Mm. and And the bottom line is it's good for the bottom line isn't it it's good when you've got that engaged workforce it's good for business so it's not just it's not just if people think it's a very soft nope it's yes yeah a lot of people kind of think it's this fluffy we've had it I think Mm. between you and I within our workplace um emotional intelligence is something that is very very important to us in the workplace but we've had we've had criticism from people possibly slightly older generations sort of saying yeah you're too too nice you're too kind you're too understanding um just tell them what they have to do they're there to work you pay them yeah you pay them just go and tell them what to do yeah (laughs) wrong 100% wrong um I feel very strongly about that and I think you know if you treat people with respect and if you treat people as humans um and if you can understand and listen to people and support them in the right way then of course you're going to get better results you're going to get better engagement and as you say that means they're going to look after clients better they're mm. going to get more pride over their work and ultimately that impacts the bottom line so it isn't just this nice fluffy mm. uh, uh, week actually I think a lot of people see it as, yeah. a, as a week you're just too afraid to kind of you know crack the whip and tell your employees what to do um and it's music to my ears that it's changing because yeah um, it needed to yeah, absolutely. And and so what does that look like in, in the workplace? How does that, you know, break down? Yeah, so there is an official, so Daniel Goldman actually did break down what emotional intelligence looks like, and he broke it down into five different components. So the main one and the most important one is probably self-awareness. And that is where it all starts, really. It's mm-hmm. having the ability to understand your own strengths and weaknesses, um, to recognize your own emotions um, and to understand the impact that those have on others. And what's really interesting about self-awareness, um, because it it's so important, it's really critical on personal and professional level. Um, but 95% of people think they're self-aware. And actually only 15% of people are. So Mm. you can see that there's almost this vicious circle going on where lots of people think, oh, yeah, I'm really self-aware. I know I'm this way, that way. But actually, they're not. They might have read a few books. They might have listened to things like this. But are they really, really looking inwards and becoming self-aware? And that's because it's really uncomfortable, actually, to be self-aware. It is, you know, to have... if. If you are looking at yourself and something is highlighted, it's a very uncomfortable feeling because often our intent is is always good. You have the most, but you know, I'm not talking about everyone. There are some people whose maybe their intent isn't great. Um, but if suddenly somebody said to you, but do, do you know what? Actually, you behave in a way that is really damaging to other people or is, you know, actually impacts people quite negatively. That's quite that's quite a lot to take and really impacts how you 
view yourself. So I think that's, you know, why that's such a low percentage of people who actually are self-aware. Because I take, you know, everyone has a picture of themselves, don't they? That, you know, whether you think, oh, I'm kind, I'm empathetic. I mean, then if somebody says to you, actually, you're not, that's, it's quite devastating. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, a a big characteristic of of somebody with low emotional intelligence um, is that they tend to be people who are quite reactive and who shoot from the, from the hip a lot. So again, you can see that with somebody who isn't self-aware, if that stuff is pointed out to them and they have low emotional intelligence, rather than kind of taking a step back and thinking, okay yeah maybe that person has a point what they will tend to do is look around for somebody else to blame and mm-hmm. to have a strong negative emotional reaction to that and when you're on the opposite side of it it's like yes you see that's what I mean you're not <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is really difficult and and the only the only the only people really who can take accountability for self-awareness is is yourself so I think um if there are people listening to this who think, no, I'm definitely self-aware. I would just say, just take a step back, have a really good look inside and think about some of the ways that you do behave and you do react. Because even I would say that I'm quite naturally, I've got quite high emotional intelligence, um, but I still, you know, we all revert back to type from time to time. Mm. We, We all react um, in the heat of the moment to things and it is a constant process of looking in and working really hard at mm. building that self-awareness so um yeah you don't sort of fix it and then move on do you and mm. then you're like man I'm done I no. am highly emotional <laughs> and, and now I can lovely. move on yeah yeah like anything if you I think if you don't naturally it is a it's it's like any skill Yes, mm. behavioural, but you you can teach yourself, um, but you can't just read a book and go, yeah. Ooh, brilliant, you know, I can't just read a book on bookkeeping, numbers are my nemesis, I can't just read a book on that and profess to be an expert, I've then got to take what I've learned and I've got to put it into practice and I've got to do that over and over again. Mm until I either understand it or it becomes second nature. And it's the same, you know, when you're trying to change a behavior, um, it can be done, but it has to be a conscious Mm -hmm. effort. And you can only be conscious if you're self-aware. So um, of all those, all the steps, I think that's probably the hardest one, isn't it? Self-awareness. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. And then the next one is self-management, which I guess once you've become self-aware, then you can start to manage your emotions. So again, the self-awareness side of things is really about noticing, okay, this person, it might be a particular person, every time they send me an email, I'm getting really irritated. And so my response back is, you know, anger or irritation. And But if you start to notice, okay, I'm feeling irritated, and you take a step back and you ask yourself the question, why, what's making me feel that way then you can start to notice it and when you notice it that's when you can implement mm. the change and and this one is really hard because actually those emotions tend to bubble to the surface very quickly when we're under stress and mm. when we're under stress we're often feeling under pressure time other factors um and 
we might not feel that we've got the time or the space to actually take that step back to make a logical, sensible decision. And, and that's when it, it it goes wrong. And that one really does come back to take the time to re- respond rather mm-hmm. than be reactive. So if, if you get an email is a good example that really winds you up and your normal thing would be to write back, you know, you can he's angrily <laughs> don't do that take take five minutes sleep on you know you don't if you if you can leave it leave it a couple of hours think about it um and then you can respond when you're in a better place and you'll probably find that you get a much better reaction back and that um an issue doesn't escalate so you know that's a really important one um the next one is social awareness um, and we see this all the time. That's the ability to read a room, really, and to mm. recognize others, um, their emotions, and to be able to practice empathy and to strive to understand other people. And I think that one's particularly difficult these days because so much of what we're doing is done online. Yeah. So you are having to listen much harder, I think, to what people are saying. But I think. Listening is also about noticing um, body language, um, mm. tone of voice, all of those other things come into play. And it can be quite hard to do that when, you, when you're just seeing somebody on a screen because you're not feeling the energy in the same way that you would yeah. in the same room with somebody. And interesting, we have a whole, we won't go into it, because, but we have a whole other episode actually that's worth listening to that's on digital body language for that exact reason that actually we need to adapt everything that so much of our communication is done on online that we need to be able to pick up all those cues like you've talked about but in a virtual world rather than being able to obviously see that someone's fearful or irritated or excited the happy which you can tell in real life from their body language they don't have to say anything and you can see it how that translates over. it is fascinating that yes everybody should definitely listen to that yes <laughs> um, but it, and we've all been with people as well when you're in a room you generally feel the vibe of a room don't you you can look mm. around you can read the room and you think okay you know this is a happy place or this is there's something going on here there's some tensions here you can normally you can normally feel those things um and what tends to happen with people is if they're in that sort of environment or they're speaking to somebody an emotionally intelligent person will start to naturally mirror um the people that they're speaking to and that is um a very good way to identify with somebody and to make somebody feel as if they're being understood and that normally happens quite naturally but we've probably all sat in a room with somebody where the vibe of the room is a certain way and somebody will just come out with something so inappropriate for that moment you know <laughs> and you just it's a real head in hands moment and again I think most people aren't doing that deliberately but mm. they just they're probably not self-aware. They're probably maybe they're feeling apprehensive. Maybe they're feeling nervous, but mm. not reading the room correctly, and therefore they're reverting to their type, which might be oh, say something funny or do something silly, and it's inappropriate. And we've probably all had those moments as well where we've been that person who's misread oh, yeah. 
I usually know the moment the moment that something's coming out of my mouth. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> someone tell me to stop. <laughs> we all do it. Nobody's perfect, and I think that's I think that's a really key point actually to make with all of this stuff is that we are all human. You know, you can you've got to practice this stuff. You 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 have to have it in the workplace nowadays if you want a good culture and if you want to have a successful business, but we are all human and we can't Mm. always be self-aware we can't always be good listeners you know we we can't always read a room and understand exactly what everybody else Mm. is thinking um and sometimes people are really hard to relate to as well you know that happens sometimes but again if there is somebody in the workplace and they're really hard not to crack from that point of view that's also okay because noticing that and understanding that that is a challenge is emotional intelligence mm. you know so it it's um it's all it's all it's all good that sort of fits into the disc profile I know you, you know yeah. you're you've got sort of that qualification to deliver is it a qualification or yeah it's a oh, bit of qualification. it is a qualification yeah it is you're yes I'm you can... qualified at disc <laughs> exactly but that's where the that sort of psychometric testing comes in place isn't it in the workplace as well which is really helpful to know that um how to approach and communicate with different people and using that emotional intelligence around it and knowing that actually this person is quite direct straight to the point love numbers stick to facts and then hello people like me like oh I'd like to listen to my gut and intuition and and actually I know the numbers have told me that <laughs> I think this is a great but the whole idea is is that no one's right or wrong, are they? You've got it's how how you work together. Yeah, and we should be celebrating those differences, shouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, absolutely. What makes a great team is, you know, having all of those different personalities, those different energies. That's hmm. actually particularly, you know, when you're talking about marketing and having to have a really good understanding of your audience. Well, those things aren't just about age. Um, you know location all of those kind of Mm. that statistical information which is of course important but when you get different personalities in a room then there's that real magic where you start to be able to understand the emotions of your audience and their desires and their Mm. wants and their needs and um, the messages that they're going to really take on board and listen to and all of that stuff becomes really important Mm. Absolutely. There's that quite good, there's a good um, comparison, isn't there? You can Google and it's the, if you just looked at kind of a demographic when you're looking at your audience for for marketing and communication, you've got a list of people, you know, age, interests, et cetera, all listed out and they're exactly the same. And one is King Charles and the other one is Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) But if you went purely on demographic, they are they are the same yeah but actually do you think they're going to react the same way to something that you're putting out as a brand or a business it would be interesting if they did yeah (laughs) it would but it goes to show doesn't that yeah the behavioral side is is really important so important really really important um and again I just whiz through the last two Mm. things that kind of make up 
emotional intelligence and the other one is relationship management which I think we've probably touched on but again it's that ability to influence um to coach and mentor others um so to really bring people on in the workplace to really help and support and also to be able to resolve conflict and Mm -hmm. that one I think is quite interesting because again traditionally resolving conflict probably meant somebody from senior management going in and giving everybody a good you know good telling off Mm. that does not resolve conflict that heightens conflict it might shut people up it might silence them does not resolve anything so I think again to create a happy culture you've got to be able to resolve conflict well and that means being a good listener Mm -hmm. um, being able to bring people together and it comes back down to communication, as all of these things do, and understanding how to communicate with people in the right way. And again, mm. back to marketing, doesn't it? Because it's exactly that, communicating yeah. with the right people in the right way at the right time. Um, and the final one as well is motivation. And this, again, can work for marketing or just generally in the workplace, because in order to motivate people to take action, you have to understand the emotional factors that is going to trigger somebody to take action Mm. so all of those things are really really important yeah and as you said I think the the listening part you mentioned as well is is so important and we talk about that within internal communications as well don't we if you're developing an internal communications strategy which you should have everybody if you don't you should have one. It's just as important <laughs> as external. We have lots on that, actually. So do go and listen to some of those. Um, but such a huge part of that is listening, is that everyone thinks it's about just churning out, telling people things, shouting out information. And it's the same with those relationships at, at work and within marketing. Is that I feel like it's all about disseminating information. Yeah. But actually, the, the listening is... It's so important. It's such a huge part of it. It's so important if you want to do it well and if you want to build relationships. Yeah. And again, listening is a word we just throw around. Oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm here to listen. I'll always listen to you. Um, I don't have a stat. I wish I did. There probably are statistics out there. Again, I think lots of people, and I include myself in this, I used to think I was, yeah, I'm a good listener. Yeah, of course I'm a good listener. I listen to people. Um, And I've recently um, done a coaching qualification and very early on in that course, I realized that my intention to be a good listener is is there. Um, You know, I'm a good person. I want to listen. But I wasn't a good listener because I was thinking about myself. So when somebody was talking to me, I'm a bit of a, uh, and I think this is probably quite typical of a lot of marketing professionals, <laughs> tend to be people pleasers, tend to instantly want to fix a problem, instantly want to help somebody by jumping in and resolving it for them. Um, and therefore, you don't listen properly. You are listening with a view to response. So somebody's talking to you. And at the same time, in my mind, I'm going, right, okay, well, I've got the answer and I know how to help. Yeah. And um maybe I do know the answer. Mm. Maybe I do know how to help, but I shouldn't make that assumption because it's only any advice I give can only come from my own lens, my own mm-hmm. experience. And actually if I'm really listening my job is to hold the space for somebody to talk, to work out their 
own solutions. Mm. Um, and one of the things that really comes into play here is silence with listening, because I don't know about you, Jenny, but I used to find silence the most excruciating, mm. yes. uncomfortable thing. And the minute there was silence in a room, I would yeah. Wouldn't matter what I was talking about. Yeah. I've got to fill the silence. Oh. Yeah. It's why I volunteer for just so much stuff that I then I'm like, I don't have time for this, but there's tumbleweed. So I'll just I'll just volunteer because it's quiet and I cannot stand the silence. It's horrible, isn't it? I still don't like it. I think I've said to you before, you know, I sort of almost have to sit on my hands sometimes mm. when, I'm, when I'm in those conversations to to make sure that I don't jump in. Um but it's so interesting because, again, if you're taking it back to emotional intelligence and you're really listening, if you leave a little pause, uh, allow the silence to be there, it enables people, it gives them time to think, it gives mm. them time to respond in the right way. And you will, that's where you get to the truth. That's where you yeah. actually get to the stuff that really matters because most people res- will respond to a question you know, in the way that they know how or with the response that they think you want to hear. And then if there's silence, they suddenly dig deeper, they go deeper. And that's where you get the, the really, the, the stuff that matters ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, as you said, as kind of taking it back to where we started as well, it's that self-awareness of, because when you're not a great listener. And I think you're, I think most of us aren't great listeners, actually. I think, you know, I think it's rare coaches like you are great listeners because you've practiced, you're good because you've practiced it. I think the majority of people aren't. And when it comes to that kind of self-awareness, it's, and jumping in again, it's because you've got the best intent. Your intent there is to help and to fix and to, you're not doing it because you're like, I don't want to listen to this person bang on about whatever they're they're talking about you generally do and you think you're listening you think it's great I've got something to help them with so actually if somebody then said to you I don't think you're a very good listener and you're just trying to jump in and fix it you you suddenly again ouch yeah that that damages your own personal view of yourself where you think oh god I just I thought I was a good person I thought I was a, <laughs> a good listener and and it's only on that self-reflection self-refle- where right? it doesn't make me a bad person. I just didn't realise that I was a rubbish listener. Yeah. <laughs> and now I need to work on it. <laughs> right. And it is noticing and you sort of say, oh, I'm a, a good listener. I am, I'm a better listener now. But I think as humans... I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but it is certainly the same for me that even now, even having this conversation with you, I'm listening, you're asking me a question or you're talking to me and I'm thinking, well, I need to have a response because maybe partly because mm. of the environment we're in, I do actually need to have a response. <laughs> just, we can't, can't have too much silence. silence. <laughs> but I'm also constantly having a, a dialogue in my mind that says, stop it and listen to what, the person is saying mm-hmm. stop it and, do it and that and that plays over and over and over again so I don't think maybe there are people out there who can just listen and there is nothing else going on in their head I think it's probably rare but I think if you can notice it um then that's where the change comes but again it, it's it's a, it's constant mm-hmm. you, your, your mind is always going to be 
active and there's always going to be background noise going on in your mind so it's um I don't know maybe one day I will wake up and I will not have all the other noise going on in my yeah. life I'd be very surprised and it was as if as if I'm proving the point by taking like I haven't been listening and that I'm going to take it back to a previous point. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, I was thinking of the marketing side as well and and listening and where we've talked about that kind of self-awareness and actually reflection on yourself from a marketing point of view and from a business point of view it's that same thing if you are properly listening to your customers and your audience and not getting defensive when somebody starts giving you feedback that's difficult to hear actually you know sometimes there might be unfair feedback for your business or your brand but often it comes from a place of truth and it's that again you should listen to those things. And it's not, it's not because you're a necessarily a terrible business, terrible company, a terrible brand, but you do need to listen and take on board what might be difficult to hear. Because I think it's quite easy as a brand or a business to be like, well, that's they don't know what they're talking about. And, and get quite defensive about the fact that someone might be um criticizing you in in some way. There's a bit of a tenuous link. Yeah, because I was just thinking. Yeah, no, you're right. You are right. And it's really, we all sit there, don't we, and say, I'm so open to feedback. Feedback can be really painful. Mm. And it doesn't matter how senior you are, how emotionally intelligent you are, all of those things. It it can really hurt when somebody gives you feedback that you're not aware of. Um, And it's also really important to remember that Emotional intelligence means that you can have uncomfortable conversations as well. So you're absolutely right. It's important not to, um, it's about taking the time. You know, if you notice that you're instantly getting defensive, yeah, take a step back, cool off, do whatever you need to do to cool off and think about it. But if you think about it and you still really don't agree with what the other person said, it is okay to challenge. It is okay. You don't just kind of go oh yes well because somebody else has said that about me that must be the truth um that's their perception of something but it's okay to have conversations and I think that's what so much of this comes down to we have differences with other people but we if we can listen and understand and empathize and I think empathy Mm. is important you know if you can actually put yourself into somebody else's shoes and try and understand their experience and where they're coming from. There's nothing better, actually. Difficult conversations are hard and uncomfortable. We all worry about them. But when you have a difficult conversation with somebody, you understand them so much better. They understand you so much better. You might not ever agree on what you're talking Mm. about. But it doesn't have to be a huge conflict. It doesn't have to get personal. It can just be about saying, okay, we understand each other's differences, understand where you're coming from, what's what's the solution? Obviously, Mm -hmm. you need to work on the solution. But it shouldn't be, you know, it's it's always it's a two-way thing. And Mm -hmm. it is just about listening, understanding, responding in the right way. And it's a really powerful thing when you actually Mm. have a difficult conversation with somebody and you go, yeah, okay, actually, I hadn't considered their viewpoint and now I understand where they're coming from and it can just calm the waters. Sometimes we need to do that. 
And it's, as you say, it's not necessarily about, and I suppose that, that takes us back to sort of right at the beginning where we were talking about potentially people thinking emotional intelligence is a bit of a, um, a, a weak kind rolling over for other people sort of, sort of thing. And it's, and it's not, that's not what it is. It's just about using emotional intelligence to exactly as you said, like resolve conflict build relationships and that doesn't mean you're you're agreeing with everybody it just means that you you are self-aware and you know how to work with people of all different kinds of personalities and yeah building those relationships whether it's internally in your own company externally with clients with your agency with journalists with your customers whatever it is it's you know it's such an important skill it's actually a bit of a superpower, I think. Yes. And, and for me personally, who grew up, you know, quite old. <laughs> I grew up, you know, I did grow up in the 80s. It was a different, it was a different time, 80s, 90s. And I think I have spent quite significant chunks of my career exactly that being told too nice or need to toughen up or, you know, particularly mm. growing into more of a senior role. And I used to see my emotional intelligence which I didn't necessarily recognize as emotional intelligence as my weaknesses mm. um, and shifting the viewpoint now it's like no that's probably one of the strongest skills I have and it is what makes me a good leader and it is what makes helps to contribute to the company's success and it is what helps to make me good at PR and marketing and it is what helps to help me forge mm. relationships with clients because um those skills are really really powerful they're yeah. subtle they're powerful mm. um, and so I think you know people should be viewing it in that way it's strength mm. and it's something that's so important and it isn't going to go away it's only going to become more and more important um in the workplace more and more important in marketing um so that's our job, isn't it? We build, that's what we do for our clients. We build relationships and that is what we, you know, that is our job. And yep. so it's, so it's yeah, it is, I agree. It's a hundred percent a superpower. Um, oh, that was a, that was a nice chat. I like, I like talking about emotional intelligence. Um, I, wanna, I want to carry on. We could carry on for hours and bore everybody. Uh, I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Do I think we've covered the the bulk of what we need to cover on that there is as you say there's so much more we could talk about I mean you could also talk about how it applies to all the many different avenues of PR and marketing it could mm. go on forever and ever and ever mm. um but we won't no <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't um but um thank you again everybody for listening if you do want to get in touch with us please do whether you want to have a chat about emotional intelligence in your marketing please do um or any thoughts on any subject you want to, us to cover on the podcast um you can reach us again through the website through our various social media channels or you can email us at hello at adpr.co.uk um thank you kate and we'll see you next time mm-hmm.